Hey folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and each week I'll be bringing you conversations that will help grad students like you survive grad school and thrive in a post-grad school career. If you end up enjoying today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we talk about today. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Hey folks, and welcome to the show today. I want to talk for a brief period of time today about gaps. Gaps in your CV or resume, periods of time when you don't have a job to put in your resume in order to show recruiters. So we're going to talk a little bit about common reasons why people have gaps in their resume. Some are general and some are specific to grad students. Uh, We're going to talk about why recruiters look for gaps and the things that they are looking for. And then we're also going to talk about what to do to address these gaps, both in your resume and also in interviews. So, and I will share a little bit of my own experience because I had a gap on my resume when I entered the industry workforce looking for a job. So, First off, right off the bat, gaps in your resume. Common reasons why people have gaps in your resume. These are just general. The most common ones are caregiving. Either you become a parent and you choose to stay at home and care for a child, or you have a uh, an aging or an ill relative, like a parent um, or an elder, and you want to care for them in the home, and so you take time off of work in order to do those activities. So, caregiving. Another one is taking a break or traveling. A lot of people will do this after they finish college or in between big job shifts that they do. Uh, Another common one is medical leave. There are many medical conditions that people can get that prohibits them from being involved in the job force. Um, And so that's a common one as well. And then, of course, being laid off, particularly if you're laid off during a recession or you're you're laid off from a position or a field where jobs are more scarce or there's just a longer, often a longer period between getting jobs. It may take you six months to a year to find your next position if you're in a super specific market. So those are common reasons that that everyone might have a gap in their resume. And so specifically for grad students, there are a couple that I often hear about, and then I'll also talk about my own reason for having a gap in my resume. Number one, waiting out uh, for another year on the academic job market cycle. So of course, we know academic jobs start coming out in the fall and then through the winter. And then by the spring, most jobs have been posted. And in the summer, basically nothing gets posted. So and if you miss that period in the fall to winter and you either didn't apply to jobs in time or maybe you applied and you didn't get anything or didn't get anything you wanted and you want to stay in academia, of course, you're probably just going to sit around for another year on the job market. Uh, that's a decision tons of people make. And uh, that may be a gap you need to explain, uh, particularly if you graduate and then you basically can't say you're no longer a student and maybe you don't have the funds to work in your mentor's lab or you don't want to and you don't want to take an adjunct position. Maybe you just want to focus on publishing for a little bit. Um, you may have to explain that gap. Typically, gaps under six months 
really aren't something that you have to talk about that much. But once it gets to six months to a year, that's probably going to be something you have to address. And once it becomes more than a year, it's most likely something you're going to have to talk about. So waiting out for another academic job cycle is, an, is a reason many grad students or many graduates of grad school have gaps in their resume and CV. Another one is finishing up projects for a mentor for free. Um, and this is, you know, something a lot of people might bump into. Many people start their next job with a couple uh, unfinished projects that their mentor kind of expects them to finish up or uh, pushes them to finish up. And that may, um, if you're not starting a job, that could delay you in the job search and, and could stretch out a gap in your resume. Another one is being burnt out. And, uh, you know, it's a super unfortunate thing, but grad school is pretty stressful. And a lot of people, once they finish that race, they just kind of feel like collapsing. And I totally understand that feeling. And so many people may have a three or four month gap, maybe longer, um, in between graduating and maybe even starting to look for a job. Um, if they have the financial means to take that time off and they really do feel burnt out, then, uh, Maybe they're doing that. And then, of course, another one might be an extended vacation. Like I said, um, grad school is tough. So maybe you take an extended vacation and that results in a bit of a gap. Um, so my own reason for having a gap in my resume, if we go back in time, I graduated in 2018 with my Ph.D., and I, that same year, I started as a research scientist. And I held that position for almost two years, or maybe a little bit over two years. And at the end of the time, uh, at my research scientist position, I knew I did not want to stay in academia. I had made up my mind there. And really, I had a burning passion for entrepreneurship. As weird as it sounds, um, I, I had a couple ideas for different entrepreneurial ventures, some of which I had tried in the past, and I really wanted to try to survive without getting a job or a W-2, survive financially speaking. And so I did a variety of things during that time, everything from short-term rentals to some e-commerce stuff to uh, different online business ventures that I did, uh, one of which ended up becoming relevant to my job search was that I became a data consultant for a small business. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, and I did that for about a year uh, after leaving my research scientist position. So I took a year to explore these entrepreneurial ideas. And um, after a year, I said, you know, enough is enough. I've, I've had my fun. I've explored what I wanted to. And uh, I would like a stable paycheck. And at that time, I began applying to jobs and, uh, and eventually did get one. But we can go more into that in a little bit. So let's jump back a little bit into gaps in your resume. Why are gaps in your resume important? Well, they're specifically important because recruiters see them as important. They see them as something to look for. And that's really because the unknown is a bad thing for recruiters. So take the perspective of a recruiter for a second. They are responsible for bringing in people to fill jobs and hopefully those people will A, be well qualified, B, uh, be likable, and then 
uh, C, they won't leave early. So really they're looking for anything that would go against those three categories. And so with gaps, recruiters are really looking for red flags. And so some of those red flags may be, maybe you job hopped really quickly and you're, you're excluding those uh, short positions from your resume and show, so it shows a gap. Um, and recruiters, this is a little bit uh, controversial, but some, some recruiters do not wanna look for people who've job hopped a lot particularly in the recent past. Others, you know, they, they don't really care. Um, but so they may be looking for people that are job hopping. They may be looking for uh, you getting fired and maybe you were fired in a dramatic fashion for doing something pretty bad and you ended up getting blacklisted from uh, maybe the big companies in your industry and you're basically unable to get a job because of that. So they may be looking for that. Um, but I think as a job, as, as someone applying to jobs, I think it's important to remember that most reasons for gaps in a resume are fairly acceptable. The ones that I explained at the beginning, caregiving, taking time off, medical leave, um, even waiting out for another academic job cycle, all of these things can be explained as rational. Um, and I, I think besides the things I've already talked about, recruiters are also looking for the erosion of skills and expertise. So like most things, if you don't use a muscle or a skill, it erodes over time. And if you're maybe sitting at home not doing anything for six months to a year, your skills in say data analysis are probably gonna go down over time. Not only that, but new applications that come out are probably things that you're not going to be looking into. And so you're not going to be up to speed. And so your knowledge may be a little bit dated. And unless you have like a reason for a gap in your resume that that needs to be hidden, that it's usually best to to not try to hide whatever it was. Um, and recruiters are really good at sensing uneasiness in candidates' responses. So if they feel like you're hiding something, then they're probably going to assume that you're hiding something, and they're probably going to assume that the thing you're hiding is worth hiding, and uh, that may be the reason that they decide to pass over you for a job. Um, so I don't, I don't think this next part is fairly common, but sometimes recruiters, when they're asking questions about gap in a resume, are trying to gather information about things that they may technically not allowed to ask about, um, depending on your state laws, like starting a family, um, getting pregnant, having small children. Maybe you went to prison for a period of time, um, and maybe you were in the hospital for a long period of time and you had an illness. Uh, these things, again, these are a little bit more nefarious uh, practices uh, that recruiters might do because they're in most states, I believe they're not supposed to be able to ask these questions. Um, but so they may, may be digging around your gaps looking for responses that may go to those categories. Um, and uh, like I said, I think in most cases, honesty is great, but Let's jump down to actually what you should be doing to address gaps in your resume, both on your resume and in your interviews. Here we go. 
how to fix up your resume to address any gaps you might have. So I'm going to tell you just some general things that could be done, and then I'll also tell you what I did. So the first thing right off the bat, if you have a gap in your resume or CV that's only three to six months, I might not even include that. Um, if it is six months to a year, it's probably something worth including. Um, and another way to address that is to actually not list the months in your experience section of your resume. Instead, just list the years. And this really makes more sense if you don't have any positions that you've been in for less than a year. Uh, when I think back to my resume, I had been at the lab coordinator for years. I had had my research scientist position for years. So it really didn't make sense to list the months. Um, so by listing years instead of months, you may be able to just completely exclude the fact that you were uh, had a gap in your resume for six months or so. Um, so another thing to do, another thing that you can do when you're listing a gap is to, if it is a length of time that needs to be listed, uh, don't just like exclude information from that section of your experience section where you list the jobs, the positions you've had and your duties. You could actually list that period of time that you had a gap and you could basically uh, frame it as a job, like structurally, like give the amount of time that you were there and give a brief summary of what you were doing. Um, and this brings us to a great point and that the experiences that you had during the gap can really spin whether or not recruiters are going to see that gap as a positive thing or, or a neutral thing or a negative thing. And so here are some things that you should think about. Uh, let's say if you are in a gap right now, maybe you graduated in May or you graduated in December and you're still looking for jobs. Here are some things you should be thinking about. Are you upskilling? Today in the age of online learning, it is extremely easy to upskill at home and it's usually not that expensive. Um, I'm a big fan of Coursera. Coursera is a platform where you can take courses. I believe it's for $40 a month, something like that. And that's the platform that I used to brush up on my data analytics skills prior to becoming a data analyst in the healthcare industry. So uh, upskilling is a great way to spend some of your time when you're, you're on a break or you have a gap in your resume. And it doesn't even really need to encompass the whole gap. Of course, you could spend maybe a month out of your six month gap doing some upskilling. But as long as you have something to show for it, that'll really help recruiters um, just decide to overlook or look at the gap as a positive thing in your resume. So upskilling is great. You could learn some new tools that are used in your industry. You could learn some new information about the goings on of your field, whether it's, you know, chemistry or whether it's UX research. And a, a great thing about a platform like Coursera is they'll have certificates that you can link to. So you could actually hyperlink uh, that part of your resume to go to an online certificate that's usually hosted by Coursera. And that's a great way of just providing external validation to show that you actually were active uh, upskilling during that period of time. And a big bonus 
if you decide to create a portfolio project. So that's one of the things that I did during my gap. Um, we can go back there for a little bit. So I, I was doing entrepreneurial things for about a year. Part of my time in entrepreneurship was spent working with small businesses on understanding their customer data and utilizing that customer data in marketing and sales ventures. Um, and so one of the things that I did was I framed that gap in my resume um, with those details, uh, showing that I was a consultant and describing some examples of what I did during that time. Now, my whole time in that gap, that period of time was not spent doing those specific activities, but a good portion of that time was. Um, and so that's how I framed that section of my resume. And then I also had some really specific examples that I ended up using in interviews about how the data consulting that I did for uh, a specific small business ended up bringing them um, a lot more traffic and a lot more calls for services. And so that was a great way to show that, yes, I had this odd gap where I did not have a W-2 job, but during that period of time, I did do productive work and was able to provide value to the people that I was working with. Um, I also did build a portfolio. And so I, after I took that year, uh, and after I took that year to do entrepreneurial things and I started applying for jobs, um, my first venture applying for jobs did not go very well. I applied for about 200 jobs. I got one really undesirable offer that I did not take. And I decided it was probably time to uh, brush up on my skills and learn some of the languages that are more commonly used, specifically SQL and R. Um, and so I did do some upskilling on Coursera, and then I, I did that for a couple months to complete that course, and then included the certificate that I got from that. I linked to that on my resume um, to show that I was upskilling during that period of time. And then I created a portfolio project that where I used SQL and R to analyze some healthcare data and basically just show that I could unpack data with these programs and create inferences from that. And then I had a portfolio to point to and really in between the certificate and the portfolio, and the specific examples I had about working as a data analytics consultant, that really shored up that period of time for recruiters where I didn't, I wasn't getting the same, like, what have you been doing for a year kind of questions that I got the first time I applied for jobs. If you do have a gap in your resume, make sure you have some, some upskilling. If you can do a portfolio, that's great too, but have something that you can point to to show that that you've been productive, you've been refining your skills, your skills haven't been eroding, they've actually been improving, um, and that you're ready to jump into the workforce. So a couple other things you could include uh, if you did this during the gap would be like volunteering. Uh, showing that you're a productive member of society is of course better than saying that you sat at home and played video games for six months to a year. Um, and then of course, any knowledge you may have gained 
um, in an interview that may come up as to like, well, how have you stayed up to date on the, the knowledge in our little field that we're in? And then a final thing to think about on your resume specifically is if the gap is active, meaning that you, it, it is the most recent thing on your, <clears throat> on your resume, like it was for me when I was applying for jobs, you can move your skills section above your experiences section. Um, and this is also true if you, or this may also be helpful if you don't have any professional experiences in the kinds of jobs you're applying for, which is often the case for grad students when they're trying to get their first industry job and they're not from something like STEM and they're just jumping into an equivalent position in industry. Putting your skills above your experiences makes that the first thing that recruiters see after they get past like your name and contact information and that kind of thing. Um, and then again, bonus points if you have a portfolio because then you can link the skills to the portfolio. And you can also link your skills to certificates that you've achieved just to bolster in recruiters' minds that you do actually have some of these skills that you're saying that you do on paper. Um, so again, if that would make sense for you, then you can move your skills above your experiences section. And so that'll probably push your experience section down to the bottom half of your resume, which is fine. Really, you wanna put your most prominent, most powerful thing at the top of your resume. And for most people, that is their experiences section. But if you're just starting out or you're changing lanes, that may be your skills section. All right, moving on, what to do in interviews if it comes up. I think one thing that is understated is to uh, just be positive. positive. Positivity and confidence go a long way for recruiters because recruiters are looking, again, if we're talking about a gap, recruiters are looking for people that are hiding something bad. They're hiding a red flag. And uh, so don't do that, number one, because recruiters will probably sniff that out. Um, and don't talk about your gap as a break. Talk about it as a pause and make sure you talk about the, the activities that you've been doing, like I said before, whether that's upskilling, working on a personal portfolio or a passion project, maybe you're volunteering or gaining knowledge. Um, and then be honest and positive. Let's say you did take a break to um, care for uh, an aging parent. Um, you can always mention that. Um, but then come back to the upskilling and knowledge gained because you really want to show that you're prepared and ready to take on the job. Um, and I think uh, one thing that I've heard can be really beneficial is to show that there's like an ending to the reason why you had a gap, whether that was you had a passion project from academia that you were trying to wrap up for six months, or maybe you uh, were taking care of a relative who had gotten sick, you know, saying that you finished that project and now you're completely done with that lab and ready to move on. And uh, the person you were caregiving, maybe they've decided to go into a home or you found like a new permanent caregiver to take over. Really kind of showing that whatever the reason was that you had the break, it was final and is not going to kind of rear up again can help give recruiters the confidence they need to say, okay, this person's ready to go and we should pick them up. So, all right, just some final reminders before we wrap up. 
having a gap is uh, is actually really common these days. And I think for for grad students, having like a three to six, maybe a twelve month gap after they finish grad school is probably fairly common. Um, again, assuming you have the financial means to be able to pull that off, and having a gap, especially in the last twenty years, has become really common, especially since the pandemic um, has become incredibly common. And recruiters, I think, don't often look at it as negatively as they used to. So I think remembering that and letting that settle in whenever you're preparing to talk about a gap in your resume in an interview is really important because if you don't make it seem like it's a big problem, recruiters will probably buy your impression that it's not a big problem and they'll just move on and ask you more important things. Another thing to think about is um, recruiters really don't view taking time off that bad if you have a great reason. And they actually, I've heard, they view it less negatively than job hopping. So again, if you have a good reason for why you did it, then it's gonna be fine. Um, and then the last one is just be calm, be confident, give the reason that you need and don't overreact. Anyway, uh, so that's the conversation today on gaps in your resume. I hope you got a lot out of this. And if you have a gap in your resume, an active gap like I did whenever you're entering the workforce, I hope these tips will help you kind of prepare both your resume and prepare for interviews and be confident whenever you jump up to the plate and apply for jobs. All right. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. See you all next time. Folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I hope you got a lot out of our episode today. If you did, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we covered today. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Carlson, and I look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. See y'all next time.